Rich and Mike Show, Flagler County's hometown sports show. Here are your hosts, Rich Carroll and Mike Licio. Yes, it's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Good Saturday morning, Flagler County. And a good Saturday morning to you, Mike Licio. Hello, Flagler County. Yeah. Hey, what, Rich? It's, uh, it's sleeping a little bit on Friday night hits different. Wow, yeah. <laughs> It's true. We got our Friday nights back. I can't say I'm happy about it, though. Already missing football. This is our first post-football season Rich and Mike sports show. And uh, bittersweet because it was a fantastic season. We introduced the uh, video streaming on YouTube. Had a a team make the playoffs, made the trip with them. So it was a a bit of an adventure this year. And, man, it's, it's hard to see football go, man. It really is. It sure is, you know, and it was a great year. You know, we had one team make it to the playoffs. You know, hopefully next year we'll have the privilege of having both teams make the playoffs. But, you know, it was like Coach Farr said after the game last week. He said, everybody but one team goes home feeling the way they did. And, you know, it was a great season and we had a lot of fun. You know, like you said, we did some different things with the broadcasting, um, you know, we stretched we stretched out our um, our reach a little bit this year with the introduction of the video broadcasts, and it wasn't without hiccups, but we got through it, and you know I think we're better for it, and there's still more to come. Oh yeah, still more to come. A lot of growth to be had, and uh, a lot of students, athletes getting involved in watching the broadcast. I know that, and fans from across the country being able to watch some of these Matanzas FPC games. It actually started earlier in the year with the baseball, and we did do a baseball playoff game with the streaming. Um, And even at that point, we were still in the process of figuring it all out. I think we're pretty much there now, and we're looking to turn the page here and keep it going and uh, start covering some local basketball with the FPC and and Matanzas, and a lot to look forward to FPC with the new coach. Matanzas has a star player that everybody's talking about, and uh, we're going to be there, Mike, uh, with the the live video stream. I know the goal, uh, I think uh, that game is is January 17th, Matanzas and FPC, the, the basketball version, I guess, of the Potato Bowl. The, the plan right now is obviously, yes, to stream that game on YouTube with the video, but also to uh, broadcast that one on the radio. So that one should get a lot of attention. But uh, we're, for the first time in the history of of what we do here at WNZF, we're going to try to keep that game of the week philosophy going throughout, uh, at least until the summer where everything stops. So, you know, you'll have basketball and then you'll have baseball. So, uh, we're trying to give you that year-round local sports coverage, Mike. Other than, of course, Mike's always going to be there Mondays and Fridays with the local sports reports from 6 to 9 on Flagler's Morning News. You're always going to get that. But to actually be there and cover the games and and bring them to you in their entirety the way we do Friday nights with the football, the goal is to have a game of the week going forward, whether it's basketball or baseball or maybe, uh, you know, people who watch and listen they want to see another sport covered and and we'll see if we can do that so i know there are options out there with all that as well but uh, so far so good uh we're excited about uh, i to, for my money i think it's developing into the best local sports coverage in the entire state of florida i don't know if there's anybody out there that really does what we do or what we're trying to do here 
Um, maybe it exists somewhere. Someone can bring it to my attention, but uh, I'm very proud of that. I know we all are, and we'll continue to strive to make it a better broadcast and uh, give you the best coverage possible. As I said, I believe the best local sports coverage in the entire state of Florida. And that starts with Mike every Monday and Friday with his sports reports. And that uh, leads into our coverage of these games, whether they're regular season or playoffs, basketball, baseball, football, or whatever else we're going to be covering uh, going forward. So it's only the beginning. But yeah, the football season going by, uh, we had a lot of growth covering that and, and proud of what we did there. And proud of the teams and the players and a lot of seniors who... Uh, moving on to the next level here, they got to see that transition uh, of the local media and what we do. And I know that they were all pumped up about it and watching the games. And uh, it's just, it's great to be a part of it, Mike. I was out at both schools on Wednesday. I was down and you'll hear from pretty much everybody I talked to in a little bit, but I was down at both schools talking to the cross country teams that are headed to state from each school. Um, Alexandra Gazzoli, Matanzas started offer, um, signed her letter of commitment on Wednesday as well, and we'll hear from her in a moment. But, you know, having people come up to me in the buildings, in the halls, at each school, you know, just really, you know, cheering us on and thanking us for being there, it really makes it worth it. And that is going to continue. Um, obviously, next week, Thanksgiving week, we're going to kind of take a break from the broadcast schedule. We'll still have the morning sports, of course, but we'll have – a break from the broadcast schedule. And then Thursday the 30th, FPC host Palaka will be there. Rich and I will be there. Sharon will be there as well because without Sharon, you'd just be looking at a blank screen for two hours. And Lord knows that wouldn't be any fun. But there's a lot of excitement for both basketball programs. As you said, Matanzas brings in Henry Robinson Jr. Got a good look at him at the um, Matanzas Media Day last Saturday. Um, and They've got an exciting team. They've got, you know, senior guard Tariq Shakir, who um, very good point guard. They've got Alex Davis in the middle as the center. He's six foot nine and only in the tenth grade. And then, you know, Henry Robinson, who's a top thirty rated freshman in the nation for the Pirates. So they've had a lot of excitement this year. There's a lot of expectations on them. And then FPC finally announced that they had hired Michael Talley, who is their new head coach. He played with the Fab Five at Michigan, won eight state championships, and he's looking to bring that winning tradition to FPC. And honestly, last year, I think FPC, I thought they were a pretty talented team. I thought they were better than the 7-18 and 18 record indicated. They just lacked a lot of size. And, you know, you don't have to have – you don't have to go 6-9, six, 6-7 six, in the front court like Matanzas is going to this year. But they just didn't have any size. So – his first job is to find some tall kids at FPC, and they've got to be tall kids at FPC, right? <laughs> you would think so. You can't have five ones out there, right? You're going to get dominated on the boards, and uh, it's just uh, going to be difficult to function that way. Yeah, and I think they're, and I think they're going to be much better this year. Like I said, I thought they were better than the record indicated. Their head coach, Derek Williams, uh, was from Alabama, and so he decided to go back home, and then. We have two new girls coaches. So Henry Robinson is the only basketball holdover from last year. Um, George Butts, who won over 500 games at Atlantic High School, takes over the FPC girls. They got a 53-42 win over Palaka in their preseason opener Tuesday night. And then Travis Boone takes over 
at Matanzas. We had Travis on the program, you know, very excited with what he can do, but he knows that it's going to be a long road for Matanzas and it just, you know, starts now. So a lot of excitement in basketball season, but that's not it, Rich. You know, winter season's coming along, but we still have one more fall championship left to be played in Flagler County, and it's cross-country, and that is this weekend in Tallahassee, and we have two teams that made it. Um, before we get there, actually, I want to – before we get to the um, cross-country, let me talk about the other thing that happened Wednesday. So I was at Matanzas, and Alexandra Gazzoli, who was a star golfer, um, won – won state championships with the Pirates, won the Florida women's amateur, meaning that she was the best female amateur golfer in the state of Florida, um, young adult or adult. She was the best uh, last year, so very accomplished golfer, and she closed her journey out at Matanzas with signing day Wednesday. It was a lifelong dream of hers to go to Florida State, and Wednesday she did just that, and I talked to her after her signing. Alexandra, I know this is a day that you've been waiting for for a long time to make it official. Now that you've signed your commitment, how excited are you? I'm really excited. It's, um, I guess now that it's official, it's, you know, weight off my shoulders. I'm really excited for next summer to be able to start the next chapter in my life. What have your teammates meant to you these last few years at Matanzas? They've meant a lot to me. They're probably um, my only friends. I'm really grateful that I got to be around them for the last four years and um, still got to have some of a high school experience while doing virtual school. There are a lot of really cool people, and I'm glad I got to meet them and get to know them. What will you take away with you to Tallahassee from that experience? I guess I have a lot more more of a team experience that I wouldn't have had. Um, I guess more of a team environment. I think it'll be an easier transition than if I didn't do high school golf. So I'm really glad I did. And then finally, what are you most excited about going to Tallahassee? Honestly, I'm just excited just to be up there and the change of scenery. I've lived here my whole life, so it'll be cool to be somewhere different and just be able to, all the facilities and coaches and getting to meet everyone else on the team. Wow, how about that? Congratulations, Alexandra Gazzoli. I mean, Mike, how, how could it get any better than that? You, you go to the school you dreamed of since you were a child. You're going to Florida State. On top of that, you're one of the top golfers in the state. I mean, <laughs> talk about a lot of accomplishments in a short amount of time. That's, that's a young woman there. Uh, congratulations. That's just, that's amazing. You know, and Coach... Randy Allred spoke glowingly of Alexandra, as did athletic director for Matanzas, Jordan Butler. And it's an exciting time for her. You know, it's an exciting time for Matanzas. I know she's not the first Division One, you know, high-level Division One commit, but she is one of the first, and she's earned it. And she's going to have a great career at Florida State. I can't wait to see where it takes her. You know, if you need some place to eat, Alexandra, if you need to know a good place to eat in Tallahassee, I've got you. Just, you know, hit me up. But it really is an exciting time for her, you know, and it's been fun to experience that. I just want to point out there was birds chirping in the background, and it seems like every time I interview a golfer, there's birds chirping in the background. This is not like the Masters where they they um, phone in some fake birds in the background. Those are real birds um, in the background, but – you know, they seem to follow. So it's funny. If you watch the Masters coverage, you hear birds in the background, and some people think that that's just piped in. Um, 
just so you know, when I interview golfers and those birds are there, those birds are real. Wow. I, I definitely thought it was post-production, Mike, so so thanks for letting us know. You of all people <laughs> should know better. So I know. So we still got some other stuff going on. Though. We've got um, cross-country championships this weekend. Um, for the third straight year, the Matanzas girls are back, and Coach Tim Kane has his team up in the state capitol, a place where you and I were just a week ago, a place where we just talked about Alex. A very Tallahassee-centric show so far. But, um, yeah. You know, Matanzas, the Pirates are looking to make a splash there um, after three years of trying, you know, it's one of those things where you knock at the door, you knock at the door, and maybe this is the year they kick the door down. And one of their leaders this year has been Sierra Howard, who just seems to get better and better with each race. And I talked to her on Wednesday afternoon about her opportunity to be a state champion. Sierra, what's this year been like for you? You guys are racing at State Friday. What does that mean to you? Well, since it's my senior year, it really means a lot to me. I've only been on the cross-country team for three years, and fortunately enough, I've been able to go to states with my team for three years. So since this is my senior year, being able to go to states one last time with my team, my high school team, really means a lot to me. What brought you into cross-country? Well, at first, I thought I was really good at sprinting and track, but it turned out to not be that great. But uh, Coach Kane was like, why don't you come out to cross-country? Maybe you can run the 800 or something. So... I went out to cross country originally as just a way to condition for the 800 in track. When did you know this was something you excelled at? Uh, once I started placing at meets. <laughs> that newfound love of cross country, that something you didn't even know, and now it's leading you to college. What has the college process been like? Well, I'm glad it's been easy. I know for a lot of kids it's like, it's difficult. I mean, they don't really know where they want to go. They don't know if they want to stay in state, go out of state. It's really tough. But um, Coach Kane actually introduced me to the UWF coach, Coach Carmichael. So it wasn't really that hard for me to decide where I wanted to go after getting to know the coach and what the team was like. What do you hope to accomplish not only this week at state, but in the rest of your senior year and going into the track season? Well, for cross country, I hope to just end my race on a good note. I'm not looking for a specific time. I'm just hoping to do well at states and place better than I've been placing. And then for track, I hope to go under 215 in the 800 and place at states for track. Your senior year of high school, what do you hope to accomplish before you leave Matanzas? I don't really do anything outside of running. I mean, I just run most of the time, so I'm just hoping to accomplish my running goals. Do you know what you want to study yet? Uh, yeah, I want to major in biology, and I want to hopefully become a pharmacist. All right, there you go. Another great student athlete here in Flagler County. And I love that where, you you know, you, your heart is set on something else. But then in the process of trying to do that, you find something else that you're good at. And sometimes it's hard for people to accept that, and and, and they won't go with it. But she totally went with it and, and became a star with the cross country. And it almost reminds me of being in Little League and, and wanting to play shortstop, and the coach says, no, nah, you're a third baseman. And then you realize, well, I'm actually pretty good. I'm, I think I am better at this position, you know, and, and you stick with that. So uh, anyway, I, I think that's a great thing to, to find something that you're good at and go with it. Yes, and Sierra will be committing to West Florida, I believe, sometime after spring break. It was supposed to happen before, but I believe it's going to happen some spring break. Not spring break. That's a long, long time ago from now. Although, I guess with the track season, it's possible. But she, as far as I know, she'll be committing to West Florida next month. So that's exciting for her because she uh, she really did. She found something different. Coach Tim Kane deserves a lot of credit 
for seeing potential in her and pointing at her in a second direction because she's still running track in the spring. But, you know, here's something else that you might excel at. And it turned out, you know, she took to it like a fish to water. So a, a great job by Sierra Howard. You know, she's going to have a chance. She wants to try and finish in the top 15 this year at state. And I think she's destined to do it. So uh, good luck to the Matanzas Pirates this weekend. And just down the road, the FPC boys will be also in Tallahassee this weekend as they try to what put behind them what Coach Halliday called a little bit of a disappointing end to cross-country season. They had some um, health issues at the end and didn't have the showing at state that they would like. So they've come back as a team on a mission. They completed the first part of that mission. They got back to state. And they will be competing for a state championship this weekend. And they've been led by Braden Warmick. And, you know, Braden has run a couple of sub-16 minute times, reaching some personal records during the year. And he was hurt last year. And it was important for him to get back. And he's bounced back in a big way. And I talked to him on Wednesday as well. Braden, how's it feel to be heading in the States this weekend? It feels great. We've been ready for this all year, me and the boys, and uh, we're going to go out there and give it our all like we've been training for all season. And has State's been the goal from the beginning for the team? Yeah, State's has obviously been the goal. We made it last year, and we returned a lot of our guys this year, so we've just been looking forward to it all year. How do you think you've improved from last year to this year? I've improved in terms of knowing running better, like mentality-wise, you know, knowing how to race better. I didn't get a lot of racing time last year because of my surgery. I was out a while, but this race has been different, or this season has been different. I've been racing more. I've been learning more. It's been great. How did it feel to get back on the track after the injury? I know you raced a little bit during track season last year, but how did it feel to get back? Uh, it felt great. I, I struggled early on, honestly. Like Coming back, it was very tough. It was very demotivating. But once I got back, it was great, and it made me realize how much I love to run. What are your expectations from this weekend? My expectations is to go out with the guys I know I can do. I'm seated 18, so I'm trying to slip into the top 15, maybe even higher. We'll see. But I'm just going to go out there and do what I've been doing all season, put together a solid race, and just help my team as much as I could. Any nerves going into the race? No, not really. I'm not seated extremely high. I'm not seated, you know, there's nothing to lose, really. It's just something to prove. So I'm just going to go out there and do what I can. Yeah, and that's another great story, Mike, with Mr. Warmack there, where you, you have a, a tough injury, you come back from it, and then before you know it, you're back right where you were the year before at the States. And obviously that's a huge deal for them, and, and it makes it an even sweeter story because you know, it's – we all take stuff like that for granted, I think, in sports. You're like, well, he got injured. He's going to come back, right? We, we see Aaron Rodgers right now with the Achilles, and he's going to be back this year, <laughs> which is, seems pretty much impossible, although it is him that's kind of fueling that fire of, of Rumorville. But, uh, you know, we, I think we take for granted sometimes that these great athletes, Kevin Durant a couple of years ago, are just going to come back and be who they are and, and compete at a, at a high level after these, these injuries. And uh, congratulations for him bouncing back and, and, uh, and still competing at a high level. You got to love that. And he's running track. And so there's a level of conditioning that goes along with that. You know, you go through all the rehab, you get healthy. And the next thing you know, you've got to run a 5k and man, that's a tough thing to do right out, right out of an injury. But he's worked hard, and he's, his hard work has been rewarded. And so, you know, best of luck to him and the FPC Bulldogs. And that will be the end of fall season, and then winter season will start. We've already talked about basketball. 
Soccer's in full swing. The Matanzas girls are off to a great start, as are the FPC girls, who beat the alma mater 4 nothing on Tuesday night. Um, a very sad night for the alma mater in the rain, but a great win for the FPC Bulldogs. Savannah O'Grady has a couple multi-score games, as does Heidi Michaels and, and Haley Sammons as well. They, they're, uh, the FPC girls, it's an exciting team because it's a mix of up-and-coming freshmen and and some talented seniors as well. And so it's kind of a well-balanced team. So that's going to be exciting to watch out as well as the FPC boys were off to a good start. You know, the Tansas boys had a win against Taylor the other night. So it's really starting to come into focus, the winter sports. Weightlifting preseason meet was this week, and then they'll start next week. Girls weightlifting will start, and wrestling won't be too far behind. And as you know, Flavon County is a big wrestling county, so we'll have all that for you on the morning sports on Mondays and Fridays, make sure you tune in between 6 and 9. Check the YouTube channel. Check the Facebook page for Flagler Radio. And, um, you know, get, try to stay up with everything because it isn't easy. And so I try to make it easy for you by putting it all in one place when I can. All right. And we love that. And uh, a quick programming note next week, uh, we'll have the, the morning sports on Monday. Obviously, Black Friday, we will have the day off and – uh, no Rich and Mike Sports Show next week. So we'll, we'll get a little bit of a vacation week going there, but we will return the following week with the show as we gear up for basketball season. I wanted to throw this at you, Mike, real quick. If, if you didn't know, Mike and I are both big-time Yankee fans, and Yankees have not necessarily been where you want them to be. The climb hasn't happened after that surprise 2017 season with the Baby Bombers losing in seven to the Houston Astros. But uh, I found it interesting, and I know you did as well, with, with uh, Brian Cashman's behavior the last couple of weeks. He's gone nuclear and uh, I don't. I think there's this newfound bravery within him. I don't know what to call it. Ever since he got the, the they extended the contract, and we know he's basically GM for life. He's untouchable. I think it's 25 years now, which is just unheard of in in all of professional sports. But he comes out a couple weeks ago, and he's just being interviewed, and he's dropping the f bomb left and right, and he's you know so we got good people in the building and the media wants to say and, and fans want to say that we're over reliant on analytics but we have the smallest analytic department in all of baseball he says something like that and my response to that uh to to brian Cash, first of all when he's dropping f-bombs to the media like that and to me he's cursing at me which i find very offensive I, you know he's coming out after the fans and you just haven't won enough the last couple of years to, to be talking like that. So that's one thing. But if you want to come out and, and be upset about the people saying you're over-reliant on analytics and you're not, well, then maybe you should be because what you're doing right now isn't working. It's just not working. And, uh, you know, so uh, that whole explosion from him it just made no sense to me. And then this week he, he says, uh, yeah, you know, uh, um, Giancarlo Stanton being injured is part of his game. So I can't tell you that the guy's going to play uh, a lot this year. Well, all right. First of all, you just insulted one of your players to which uh, Stanton, he, he responds by having his agent put out a statement, basically telling free agents not to come here. You know, good job, Brian Cashman. And second of all, nice trade. Who's responsible for bringing Giancarlo Stanton to the Yankees in the first place? It's Brian Cashman. So I, I just I don't know what's going on with this guy the past couple of weeks, Mike. 
I've been every time I've heard a quote from Brian Cashman these last couple of weeks, I find myself scrolling through Twitter, looking through Google, trying to make sure that I check multiple sources because I can't believe that he actually said some of these things. Like all the quotes that were coming out of the press conference, I'm like, okay, this has to be Porch Sports, which is a parody account on Twitter that poses as the New York Post every once in a while and posts random things. And I'm like, am I being porched? Because he couldn't have really said that. And then you hear the audio and say, well, damn, he did. And then <laughs> same thing this week with Stan. I'm like, oh, that's there's no way he really said that. That's just some fan account, you know, making jokes about it. You know, somebody's trying to be funny. Yankee librarian's trying to be funny, whoever. And I pull it up, I'm like, oh, no, that's in the Daily News. That's like the, a real thing he's saying. And it's just – it's disappointing. It really is because – they, they're doing this audit, but what's the audit going to change? He says we don't use uh, – we have the smallest analytics department. It doesn't matter how big the analytics department is. We can all see as fans, all those decisions are analytics-driven. So maybe it's the smallest department, but it's still carrying the most weight in the building. It doesn't matter how big the scouting department is. When we see that the team is run analytically in the front office and managed analytically on the field. So – I don't personally see. I, I'm not. I'm not buying it. I, I. I'm seeing right through that. That that was his way of saying, "Oh, we're not analytical." BS. You certainly are and have been for the last decade or so, and we see what it's gotten them. Oh yeah, and it, to go back on the Stanton thing, it, to be fair, what he said is true, right? There's no arguing that. Yes, being injured is a part of Stanton's game. He's barely played since he's been with the Yankees. He's And people want to point to the postseason moments. He's had a few moments in series that they lost, by the way, where they won nothing. So it, it for me, those minor moments that he's had in the postseason does not compare to a lack of availability during the regular season and not producing for what he's supposed to be. It's been a complete failure and a bust of a trade. So what Cashman said is true. He has no business saying it as GM. He made the trade to bring him in here. But going on, on the, the Stanton angle of it, to me, it just shows who Stanton is because to, he shouldn't be upset about that. It's true. You don't play. Instead, what, instead of going to his agent and trying to hurt his own team by putting out that statement, oh, you know, basically free agents beware. How about Stanton think to himself, maybe I should be better. Maybe I need to be healthy. It, the, his best moments have been in the postseason. Well, guess what? You didn't make the postseason. So if that's where you're going to shine and you don't make the postseason, in large part because you're not on the field ever, then you're basically useless because the only time we can expect production from you is a time we're not seeing the Yankees play baseball. And how does that help? How does it help if you know they're trying to get a free agent? You know, I don't know, maybe a left fielder, for example, would be a good idea. And that person says, you know what? I don't want to come to New York. You know, the, the Mets are going to offer me the same amount of money. I can live in the same city, but I don't have to deal with Brian Cashman. It's a thing that could happen now. You got Steve Cohen and his wallet is open. You know, I think it'll be a little less open right. this year. But it's still something that, you, you know, the Yankees can't just go around with this air of superiority that we're the Yankees. So, you know what we do is the only way to do it. And what we do is always right because it's been proven that it's wrong. And the rest of baseball is caught up and past them. 
Yeah, and this regime really is is, is Yankees in name only because no longer are they, uh, I think uh, back in 2009, the last time they won the World Series, which matters, by the way. They try to act like in that building it doesn't matter that – that uh, you know they've had success. Uh, if you're the Yankees and you're selling Yankeeographies and championships, you haven't been successful. But when they won a championship in 2009, I think they were 50 million dollars better than than the second payroll. You know, fi- they spent 50 million dollars more than the second best payroll in baseball. Uh, now they're not even the number one payroll in baseball anymore. So they don't operate like the Yankees anymore. And yeah, I just, with the Stanton thing, it's, you don't need players like that. You have to look inward. You got to say, you know what, what he, what he said is right. I need to be better. I need to be available. I need to find a way to be healthy for this team. You're right. Yankees didn't make the playoffs last year. And a big part of that is because Stanton was a big zero and he didn't play in a year where they really could have need, they really needed him because Aaron judge got hurt being a superhero and running through a wall at Dodger stadium. So uh, I'm really disappointed in Stanton's reaction. And, uh, you know, the Cashman statement really doesn't surprise me much when you think about it. Even Derek Jeter couldn't stand the guy back in the day during their contract negotiations. So this isn't anything new. Uh, it just reinforces the feelings of Yankee fans everywhere that it was time to go, uh, time to make a change at least three years ago. But we'll see if, if the Yankees decide that they're going to operate like the Yankees this offseason and, and spend the money, make a big trade, give up some assets for Juan Soto, make the biggest offer for Shohei Otani, and yes, get Yamamoto as well. That's how Yankee fans should be thinking because that's the old way, that's the George way. But I just there's no, no evidence to suggest that that's how the front office is thinking. Have a great weekend, Flagler County. We'll see you next time.